Hey, this is God out of. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Today is June 5th, 2019, and it's Wednesday. And it feels like this week has gone on forever because so much stuff has happened, even though it's been moving along smoothly. There's tons to talk about, tons of commentary. Yesterday I was extremely busy. I um, was on uh, Egyptian radio. I have a really big Middle Eastern fan base where we kind of talked about tensions in the region. um, And it was a very good conversation Uh, What I took from it from other political commentators, uh, most of them that are specialists in regards to Syrian and Iranian relations, was the fact that the Arab summit seemed to side with the United States in regards to finding alternative ways to come to the table with Iran. That is a big deal. Kind of feel like Iran, and I've said this before, really wants to break free. You remember when Kim Jong-un from North Korea crossed over to South Korea, you know, their border, where they hugged? Do you remember that smile? That sense of, whoa, he looks like he's a free man now. How excited he looked to be outside of his country. I almost feel like the Iranians are under the same guise of, you know, how how things are going. It's pretty interesting. And then, of course, I've neglected um, my uh, Greek radio fans, so it was was pretty good. I hadn't been on uh, for a while, and I should make it more regular, uh, because they love to hear properly stated, uh, with a lot of humor, of what's really going on in the United States. Uh, But one thing came to, one thing that came up, that came up again today, seems to be really odd, and I'll break that down for you. And this is from the D-Day celebrations, which a lot of the press couldn't attend certain meetings um, because probably they went to that fusion cell. Uh, I don't think anyone will talk about that. I don't think I can talk about that. I don't think anybody can talk about that, right? (laughs) But a lot is happening in the United Kingdom. A lot is happening in Europe. A lot is happening 
globally. And we're seeing even in the House and Obama's carry guy making known what the concerns are. Where do we start today? So, first of all, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. Things are really heating up. Things are coming down to the wire on how the response will be with the D class, right? We're seeing it. How is it formulating impeachment? They're digging up Nixon. And they're digging up Nixon pretty much lets the world know today that maybe Nixon was also a coup. Something that I thought myself. Something that I believed to be true. It was all a fix. And like I said yesterday, it's possibly because Nixon thought the intervention of JFK was because JFK had blind trust in the CIA. And Nixon thought he was smarter. But you cannot attack a deep-rooted, covert monster of a total fourth branch of government that is unelected, with no names. You can't. You can't attack it. you got to have a plan. So this plan has been in the making. The Democrats right now, next week, will be pumping the rhetoric, the rhetoric of obstruction of justice. Let them. They should be filling our news cycle with garbage while we really get to work. Because yesterday, I was talking about hearings and confirmations that were happening that no one discussed. Why? Because they're busy with distractions. And that's how you get things done. If you busy people with distractions, you get a lot of work done because they invest so much of their thought, time, and effort in that distraction that may indeed give them some form of pseudo-gratification. They miss the real stuff. We have an increased rhetoric coming from the mainstream media and Hollywood, threats against the president. Joy Behar and Meghan McCain uh, were not seen on Monday at The View which means they might have been temporarily removed from the show because they made some really odd and violent and promoting violence and advocating for the death of a sitting president. We saw Bette Midler do the same yesterday after she was forced to apologize saying someone should give our president the shiv. Oh, yeah, my bad, the shove. Then why didn't you delete it? This should tell you everything you need to know. The person that threatens you the most is the one you speak about the loudest. You torment, you troll, you advocate for death, you advocate hate. Why? Because they scare you. The only time you attack a person, especially someone that you don't personally know 
or someone that is in the political sphere that you may not like, the only time you attack them is because they're causing you harm. And one may say, well, what is President Trump doing to the liberals that's so harmful, those crazy leftists? What is he doing? Forget the politicians where he's hurting their pockets and the rhinos. Let's talk about the blue-haired granola-munching person or the fat Midwestern woman that lives on, you know, government assistance that has like three husbands and 20 kids. You know, your usual trash. What has President Trump done to them? I'll tell you what he's done. He's given them a dose of reality. What people don't like is the cold, hard truth. They expect you to sugarcoat things, make them feel better, and bring it in a more, I don't know, nice way. Uh, no. No one is here to coddle you. No one is here to kiss your boo-boos. You're an adult. Buck up and pay attention. This is why they're so aggressive against our president. Because he's straight to the point. No frills, no perfume, no tool, no spinning around, no lipstick. Facts. And people don't like that. Especially people that are insecure. People that find that being a net citizen is more important than being an actual American citizen, right? Net citizens are those that jump in and um, entertain malicious rhetoric online. You know, people will chime in like, oh, you must be really nice to be around whatever. And it's like, dude, you wish you were my friend. You know, things like that, the comments they make. Look at CNN. President Trump nicely said, well, I brought Tiffany and Eric and Donald, my children, to meet with Princess Kate and the Prince Harry and Prince William. Because they should find some common ground on their philanthropic, you know, um, endeavors. I think it would be great. And so do I. I mean, look at what the Trump Organization has done for children with cancer. Pretty amazing stuff. Lots of fundraising, lots of advocacy. And yet CNN decides to instead of applaud actions done by our president, applaud um, his words, his affirmations, his stance, or criticize it. That's fine. He chooses to bring people on that have fake British accents. Fake, right? Because I could do one too, right? Everybody can do one. Everybody. So fake British accents coming on saying, well, how are they, what'd she say? Um, How are they common in endeavors? You know, they hunt game while the prince advocates for their safety and it's like come on man seriously they should have common ground and invest and raise funds for cancer since it's this epidemic is most likely man-made from our foods to our medications to our lifestyles that cause an increase i mean we didn't have this many cancer patients 20 30 years ago did we 40 years ago 50 when we didn't have all these processed foods, all these vaccinations, right? Suddenly we've got tons of more ailments that are harder to get rid of. I mean, they should work together. But instead, for a cheap shot of Don Lemon, he brings this fake woman on to trash the children of the president. This is how low they are. 
the view trying to see if I can play this video for you. Here's a segment of what, um, what was said. Let me, let me see. If so former special counsel Robert Mueller's statement on Wednesday has amped up the call for impeachment yesterday. Senator Elizabeth Warren was here and she said it was a congressional duty to start proceedings, but House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying not so fast and made this warning to Jimmy Kimmel last night. Mm. I think the president wants us to impeach him. You think he wants us oh, to yeah. impeach him? Well, he, he, he knows it's not a good idea to be impeached, but mm -hmm. the silver lining for him is then he believes that he would be exonerated by the United States Senate. I see. And there is a school of thought that says if the Senate acquits you, why bring a, a charges against him in the private sector when he's no longer president? Right. I, 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 you know, I kind of feel like... She said, look, we're going to do everything we can do and we're going to take the time we need to take. And, uh, you know, I think it's better to clean it, to make it clean yeah. so that, you know, when he is no longer running stuff, uh, when he goes to get on that plane, you know, in January as a new uh, president is sworn in, yeah. I don't know, maybe they get him then. Well, they can get him after he's not well, president. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In that January, just after they've sworn somebody new in. You know oh. how the old president <laughs> oh, always go yeah. into the plane? You yeah. know, they might that, they might get him that. But I, I kind of agree with that. I, I don't think that if you do it now and and you don't get the results you want, I think it's going to be detrimental. See, she's taking her time. And I kind of like Nancy. She's playing chess. He's playing checkers. Let's face it. Mm -hmm. She's smarter than him. And she's yeah. got more experience. But, you know, the, the thing about Hello, impeachment, see? I was reading oh today, with impeachment, you get more respect from the courts. You know this. Mm -hmm. you, the subpoenas must be honored, I believe, when you're yes. in an impeachment process. And That's right, right now, this is nor ignoring the subpoenas. Mm -hmm. So there is a certain amount of clout that you have when you impeach. Look, I, I don't just... think... I, I think it sets a very dangerous precedent um, if you don't at least start the impeachment inquiry because no one is above the, inquiry, the law. Aren't they for that though? Yeah, they're, they're doing they're, they're doing that. Well, well the That's inquiry the really is what an impeachment is, in, in my view. I, I think an impeachment is starting an investigation into the criminality the potential criminality of this president. No one should be above the law. And I was listening to Morning Joe this morning, and I, I thought that Donnie Deutsch made a very interesting observation. He, he explained that an impeachment really is a criminal investigation, and perhaps what we need to do is rebrand that word, because Trump now is saying impeachment is a dirty word. It's dirty. It's a horrible he word. He said that to Thomas Jefferson. Said, I think that yeah, was his word. Yeah, he said it's dirty and it's filthy and it's a <laughs> disgusting word. And so, you know, Donnie Deutsch was saying... Trump is trying to rebrand that word. Maybe we need to rebrand the word impeachment and call it what it is, which is a criminal investigation. And perhaps Donald Trump needs to prove to us that he is not a criminal. He needs to defend himself. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. I am not a criminal. Well, before I continue that clip, I just wanted to say, in the rule of law, to initiate a criminal investigation, you have to have evidence of a crime. So here is where they're telling you we're rebranding and re- Stating things. Remember, we talked about definitions before. To start a criminal investigation, right, you have to have a crime or a victim. They don't have any of those. The Mueller report, now it's coming out, that when it was written, there were things omitted purposely so it can be a facade. It was a farce. The whole thing was a farce. 
It was completely misleading, completely false statements. I mean, come on, that's incredible, guys. You have to think about it. How incredible is that? That even the Mueller report was a fake. That speaks volumes. Let's see if it has their speech. I have the transcript. And people need to need to understand whether or not there is a criminal in the White House. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that only 45 House members are for impeachment proceedings, which actually surprised me. It's only 20 percent of House Democrats, 10 percent of the entire House. And I do think I agree with you. Nancy Pelosi is an incredibly shrewd politician. 65 yep. percent of Americans say Congress should not begin at impeachment the proceedings at mm -hmm. the moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I will mm -hmm. say if you take this kill shot, Democrats, you better not miss. Yeah. You better hit his jugular, and if there's even a finger still moving at the end of it, you're going to ruin your chances yeah, in 2020. Let me say so this. you better do this well if she, you're going to do it. Yeah. And my faith in she Democrats... Doesn't mean, she doesn't mean... I don't mean literally. Yes. I'm so okay. sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm you know so how sorry. We get, you I'm know a, how we get people I start I don't attacking. Mean, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like, a metaphorical. I talk... I'm a, sh I'm a hunter and a shooter. I, I'm right. sorry if that metaphor is wrong. Yeah. And I talk like a redneck, so sorry. But I I will say you have to you have to you have to successfully do this. Yeah. If you're going to impeach him, yeah. Yeah. you have to impeach him. It can't just be proceedings that don't end up successful. Yeah. And again, please don't take that the wrong if way. You're gonna swing, if you're going to swing, bad now. you have to yeah. hit the yeah. ball. Thank you, yeah. Joy, the for baseball. doing a better metaphor. Yes. Thank you very much. You know, I, so here's the thing. <laughs> so they were actually not on the show on Monday because of that, because she literally said, "Take a kill shot. You better hit his jugular." And okay. One can say, yeah, it was a metaphor. It's really funny how all of them are using metaphors. Oh, I didn't really mean that. You mean like Bette Midler's tweet? Yeah, someone should give him a shiv. Oh, I mean a shove. Really? So all of you are using uh, assassination jokes, murder jokes, target him, kill him jokes. All of a sudden, all of you on the same page, working together. To see how we can, I don't know, manifest and put it out there to the people that maybe someone should take a kill shot. This is incredible. They're becoming more and more aggressive. This type of behavior indicates just how, how far they're willing to go. Remember, Meghan McCain's disgusting politician of a daddy called the JFK assassination an intervention. Pelosi asked that we have an intervention with the president of the United States. But it doesn't stop there. Not just the threats, the slide sideways threats that they put toward the president. That is the concern. Look at his supporters. Look at the attacks of, on his supporters. That's what you need to look at. Look at the attacks on President Trump supporters. They are escalating. In London, I noticed from footage that I saw, so many people were out there loving our president. And guess what? All of them had British accents. But when you see the protesters, look at the video, watch it. They were all American voices. Very few British. They even attacked an old man and threw him down. Do you know 
an old man or an old woman, anyone over 65, if you fall down, the chances are that you break your hip are about 50-50 over 65. And hip injuries are like a death sentence for seniors. So what did they do? They attacked an old man that looked way over 70 to take away his Make America Great Again hat. A British little old, you know, typical man. That is who doesn't like our president. The people that feel affected by facts. The people that love to live in their own manufactured reality because their life sucks so bad. I don't have a peachy rosy life. But I don't manufacture some, you know, idealistic reality that I live in. And then hate anyone that breaks down, you know, and pulls back the curtains to say, well, sorry, I know you like unicorns and rainbows, but this is the reality. So try to make do with that and bring in the unicorns and the rainbows there. This is why the psychology, the state of mind of people that loathe the Trump administration are those that loathe reality. Think of it this way. Think of the people who constantly bash the president online, just from your circle of friends, extended circles, your neighbors, you know, what you see. Look at the type of people that push this rhetoric. They usually have things in their profile like resist, he, him, she, her, or they, or confused, or they have some hair color that is unnatural that protests that, you know, I'm on a sex strike. Like, who wants to have sex with you? Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Ugliness is not by size. Ugliness is not by your facial features. It's by the way you are true to yourself. All of those, you know, shouting and tweeting and Facebooking and spewing nasty. I actually feel sorry for them. Because sometimes, you know, I'll be on the CNN site and look at comments where they are legit profiles. And I'll just troll whatever's public. And I'm like, damn, I feel really sorry for them. She's got three baby daddies. She probably can't get a job. She's overweight. She's sad with herself. And instead of applauding a man who's trying to make it easy for her to get childcare, easy for her to get a job, easy for her to get help in case something happens in her finances. Cause you know, president Trump gave that directive to Dr. Ben Carson that if a family of four, one missed paycheck cause they're sick, injured, or they get fired, they're out on the street. We need to help them. Why would a person like that attack the president? Because he's showing remedy to their ailments. How many times have you fallen down and hurt yourself? And because you're embarrassed, you're just like, go away, leave me alone. I mean, me, you don't want to be around me when I'm hurting or I'm in pain or if I'm sad. I am a walking time bomb. Not nice at all. Even though I think I'm pretty cool because even my friends travel to the state of North Dakota where they have to bring their own stuff to do here um, to see me. I think I'm pretty awesome. 
But the bottom line is, we all have that. We all can relate to that. So I believe that one thing we can all do is feel sadness for these people. I know, I mean, I fall into a trap just like all of you where I'll just, you know, return it. You know, they dished. I'm like, yeah, I feel evil today. Let's do this. Everybody does. You know, when Glenn Beck comes out and talks garbage, I'm like, ah, this is why you bought CRTV. All your cronies there doing that infiltration work. You suck. That goes to you too, Mark. Why are they doing this? Because they're comfortable. So when you see the celebrities, when you see the political pundits over the years that pander to the conservative voices, infiltrating and attacking or playing the role of I love Trump, you'll see the subtle nuances of where they veer from what you thought they were. And then when you come at them, they'll just attack you too, right? Okay. There's some lines that they don't cross. Pay attention to the rhetoric this week up until Monday, because Monday, let them have their field day. Let them bring John Dean. Let them start talking about impeachment. This is exactly what we want them to do. Exactly. And you know why Pelosi's backtracking on the impeachment? Well, you know, because the Senate's going to clear them. Yeah, because your seven nasty Republicans that includes Senator Hoven canvassing the Senate to see, right, aren't going to come through. The House isn't going to come through because there's no there there. But, you know, pony show. Let's do it. So let's for the next three days up until Friday, take a moment and just see it from another perspective, even though you want to say, you know, ugh, you know, take a little bit of a step back and realize just how miserable the people that spew hate against our country and hate against our president are. Look at Megan McCain. Have you seen her lately? Doesn't look like she's very happy or doing well. And um, we're going to talk about hate and spewing and daggerize from D-Day event right after the break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? 
Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So I just wanted to say to all of you where you're like, yo, you just started a little bit rushed. I was actually at another meeting, so I barely made it to um, the little studio that I have here in Minot for me um, to be live. Um, I just wanted to say I have a friend who I adore. I've, I love her. She is. She got promoted to lieutenant colonel, and I get to go to her party in August, and I'm so proud of her. And those of you that have been in the military or worked in the government, you know how hard it is to get slotted, um, you know, and moved up in the ranks uh, when it comes closer to the end of the list of the ranks, right? It's easy to go from butter bar to silver and silver maybe to 03, but, the, you know, then it's a little bit stagnant. So I am so proud of her. So proud. I thought I'd just tell the whole world. Um, now, um, where do we start? Should we start with the latest article from Axios before we get into D-Day about fake news? So there was an article that was published on Axios uh, that talks about fake news. Basically, it says that Americans view fake news as a bigger problem than terrorism. Well, we said that during the campaign of the 2016 elections, right? During the presidential elections. That the mainstream media are domestic terrorists. And apparently, according to the numbers, 68% of Americans believe made-up news and information has a big impact on their trust in government, according to their survey. Now, obviously, this is more left-leaning. But it works both ways. Think about it. So Don Lemon is commenting, right, on CNN about President Trump and what he's doing and how he's acting and whatever. And he finds only negative things and literally brings people on to just put a negative spin. Doesn't say, you know, he did a really good job. His speech was great. Uh, He was very cordial to me, even though she's getting fired. You know, uh, the queen was very reciprocal. It uh, It was very nice. Instead, they found everything 
to report on that was negative and manufactured too. I mean, the fake news media and all the other controlled assets we see out there take an extraordinary amount of time and an extraordinary amount of resources. And not just the fake news and their controlled assets. We're talking Congress. We're talking Senate. We're talking FBI, local law enforcement, attorney generals, judges, you name it. To attack anything positive about the Trump administration. I mean, in the end, you have to think, well, why are you coming at me, man? I must be a real big threat. And that's true. That's how it goes. I mean, you only threaten those, you only, you only threaten, harass, abuse, troll, manufacture, rhetoric, and attack those that threaten you the most, right? Said it during the first hour. Well, think of it this way. At D-Day, a lot of people were there. And, you know, positioning... Like, who stands by who, who's talking with who, who's shaking whose hand, who's smiling, who's frowning, you know. All of that is a big deal. I noticed something, though, this morning. So as I was waiting for the U.S. news cycle to wake up and start reporting on the D-Day, you know, celebrations in Portsmouth that happened late, I went into foreign media, Greek, Arabic, Italian, French, and I saw something that was like, uh-huh. What did I see? Remember two weeks ago when I talked about, and I think I wrote an article about it. Yes, I did. How the United States delivered 70 choppers to Greece, to the northern part, and uh, weapons, and, you know, I even put the tracking to see just how quick the ship left. Well, apparently there was another shipment done last week, again to Greece, but this time to fortify the Balkans, Romania. So these are like um, terrestrial mobilized missile launchers. Think. So all this is going on in the Mediterranean. And what do I see? Instead of seeing President Trump with the Queen and someone like Theresa May flanking him or Merkel or Macron... Guys, the Greek president was, like, right by him everywhere. Everywhere. From being by themselves on stage chit-chatting, getting their suits together. Like, there's pictures of this everywhere. From where they greeted the queen, for where they stood for the D-Day celebration. You guys will notice that there's, like, a silver-gray-haired guy. So it's the queen, President Trump, First Lady Melania, and then... Um, Prokopis, President Prokopis, and then you see Merkel. Merkel was, like, super mean. She was just staring at Trump the whole time. And, like, every single picture I've seen of her, she just looks like uh, dagger eyes. And it, it came to me, why would he be, like, he's not even considered, you know, someone. Another thing I saw is that Justin Trudeau is there, too. But there's not a lot of news in the Canadian media about him being there. So it was just really weird how this all happened and the fact that it was like it was like he was his shadow you know when you go out with your best friend say you're single right and you're out with your best friend. i've done this and i'm sure a lot of you have you're you're out at a club and you're hanging out and your opposite sex friend right you're, you're the girl and your best friend's a guy or you're the guy and your best friend's a girl and I do believe that um, hetero friendships are like the strongest ones ever, and they do exist. Maybe it's because I've been working around so many men all my life. I don't know. 
but I think they're the best types of friendship. Anyway, so you're there and then someone starts talking to you and you're like, dude, save me. So then your friend just slots themselves in between. That's exactly what I noticed on video, on camera stills. It's like the president of Greece was like, Blocking Macron, blocking Merkel, blocking so Trudeau. Like he was like, you know, around President Trump. So, and they didn't even interact much, except for where um, there was some, you know, how we say hot mic. Well, there were some hot pics of them where everyone was going to pose with the Queen and sit down, where it was just them two on the stage together. So I don't know what was being talked about, but it was like he was a shadow. I'm saying this because something's going on with Turkey, man. Because we're delivering so much stuff to the Mediterranean, especially to Greece. And from Greece, it's obviously then being moved to Romania and whatnot. um, And the Balkans. But the fact that I saw that the president of Greece has been orbiting the president. Like, from where? They don't even hang out. They're just like, he's just there. And Procopis, the only thing that I can tell you is if you look at my uh, General Mattis article about him going to Bilderberg, who was he sharing the car with? Ah, it was President Procopus. Uh, in the video, you'll see that he and Mattis were in the same vehicle uh, when they were leaving. They car shared together. So I'm just making that observation so you guys can see what I see. When you're reading your articles or looking at pictures, uh, I'll, I'll circulate some during the top of the hour break. But that was really, really interesting. Like that was random. Usually you would see uh, another president or a prime minister. I mean, I would have thought Theresa May would have been, you know, uh, kind of shadowing President Trump because she likes him. She may not agree with him, but her chemistry is there. I think she kind of fancies him too. <laughs> Just saying. But, um, that was weird. Should be noted. Also weird is uh, the D-Day celebrations and the time of arrival and what happened prior to the celebrations. Um, that's actually, I mean, I can't get any information. So if I can't get, well, maybe, like for now, I can't get any. But I have people locally, uh, and there were a lot of uh, roads blocked, and uh, very few eyes able to use public access to see. So there were a lot of people around, but nobody can access the points, you know, like by the Maritime Intelligence Fusion Center. That was also oddly blocked off. So now, he's going to be coming back home? And what is he coming home to? See, when the president leaves the country, my heart is in my mouth. Because I'm thinking, what if, what if, what if? But I realize that we are safer outside our borders with our president and things going down than we are when he is within here. Because unfortunately, the deep state has so many arms and so many extensions that it will do almost anything to stage an intervention. And we've seen that. They're shameless about it. They use tactics that you wouldn't believe. I mean, sometimes I think to myself, this is a really insane world. We have people advocating for the death of babies, innocent children, 
licking cakes while asking for it. That was so disgusting what Miley Cyrus did. Calling it a health care right. Alyssa Milano saying it's a constitutional right. I know that they're rewriting the Constitution, that murder is a constitutional right. It feels like we're in a purely insane world where people like you and I, if something happens and we're in trouble and we need help financially because of hardship, sickness, whatever, we have to jump through so many hoops to get any aid from the U.S. government, yet people walk across the border and they'll get about $1,400 worth of benefits a week, which would include all-encompassing, you know, residents, uh, food, health care. Come on. Like, how is this okay? It makes you wonder, you know, how we allowed it to happen for to get to this point. Like, we allowed this. We allowed them to do this. We gave them the ammunition. We gave them the permission in all what? For the sake of their reality. Well, here's the reality. They're advocating for murder of children. They're promoting racial laws because, oh, okay, you can ban abortions when there's a heartbeat, but if it's a black woman, she gets 21 weeks. Because if she doesn't get 21 weeks to decide to have an abortion, then you're racist because you just want to propagate more slaves. Like, this is 2019. So racist. White, middle-aged men are the base for Trump. Actually, it's black and Hispanic Americans, I guarantee you on that one. It is just incredible what we're seeing. Not only that, I, I, I brought to the attention how they're putting forward and how they did in Oregon a bill where someone can actually starve their loved ones so they can die. And now we have the first assisted suicide of a teenage girl who was victim of child rape. That child is psychologically unstable. She was raped when she was 11, 12, and then again when she was 15. And then two years after that, she decides I'm going to take my life. And she is euthanized and it is legal. And the government official in Norway went to greet her and see her before she kills herself. Like, how is this even okay? We're telling people, it's okay. If life is hard, you can make that choice. Did you know in Norway, the age of consent to kill yourself is 12 like, what? How is this happening in this world, guys? How are we allowing children to make decisions to end their lives? We're telling them, well, if you have sex, the consequence is usually pregnancy. But don't worry. You don't have to deal with consequences. You can just commit murder. Oh, are you being bullied at school? Is it really hard? Don't worry. It's not about building character. You can now take your life. Like, come on. Pure insanity. This makes absolutely no sense. Up is down. Down is up. It's opposite day every day. We have a president that has done so much for us. And all they do is scream and pull their hair and foam at the mouth and attack him. How do we fix this? Again, I know it sounds weird. We can complain amongst each other, right? 
But I think we need to show compassion for the people that actually advocate for these things. Because they're the ones hurting. They're the ones that are the potential assisted suicide. What is it called? Assisted euthanasia. That's legal. Now, I understand if you want to terminate your life because it hurts. My brother did that. He took his own life. You know, didn't want to feel the disease take him away and wanted to do it on his own terms. There's a lot of people, people that suffer from cancer, you know, that don't want to know how it feels to take that last breath. Don't want to be in pain every single day. I think it's really brave, honestly, to commit suicide because I don't have the cojones to do that. I just, maybe I'm selfish, but for me, it's more so the life that was given to me was given to me. Do I really have the right to take it away? Just like that. I mean, there's so many that didn't make it right, but that's a whole other topic. The bottom line is these are the people that need compassion. The people that give participation trophies to everyone, the people that have their feelings hurt the minute you spew a truth, the people that don't like you calling things out the way they are. I, I had a conversation with a very good friend of mine uh, yesterday, and I thought to myself, well, well I, I don't seem to understand. Like, why do you have to coddle everyone? Well, you know, it just is what it is. No. No, 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 no. It's not your job to coddle everyone. That's the problem. For some reason, we've been conditioned to think that we need to coddle or know our audience. And this is a subtle way where you're conditioned to express your thoughts, your freedom of speech. Because freedom of speech is not like, I can say whatever I want. Your, your, your interpretation of your thoughts is through, through visual arts, like you paint, you dress yourself, you color your hair, your makeup, and what you say or sing or dance, right? That's how you express your thoughts. So freedom of speech is... The freedom of thought. So when someone tells you, I don't like the way you think. Okay, well then just don't listen. I don't like the way you dress. Okay, then don't look at me. For some reason, we've been conditioned subtly to follow norms that culture has created and has narrowed to pretty much sanitize our ability to free thought. I mean, guys, I'm a New Yorker in, in North Dakota, right? Could you imagine how hard it is for them to, to even, you know, digest some of, you know, because I'm straightforward. The way I speak to you guys on air, I speak in person completely. And with a lot of decorated and vibrant and French words too. But it's reality. It's not ring around the rosy. It's not smiling and wanting to stab you in the back. If I don't like you, you'll know. I've, I've, I had some, <laughs> okay, interaction. So there's a politician here uh, in this state, and they were like, oh, you know, obviously knew that I was, you know, an investigative journalist. So great way, because this woman will, you know, do whatever if I violate the constitution or the people's rights better be nice to her so this dude starts talking to me he's like oh hey and 
he's like, so what are you doing? And I was like, well, you know, I really don't want to talk to you because I don't like you. And he's like, well, that's not very nice. And I was like, listen, man, you can do your whole political schmoozing. I already have like a dossier on you. You know, I don't want to be rude. I'm just telling you, stop trying to appease me because I already have formulated with the way that you voted exactly who you are. You're saying one thing to me right now when you voted another way, which means that you don't respect me or you think I'm just stupid. You're insulting me. This is how I find it. If someone's being nice to me and pretentious, right? I find it very insulting, don't you? It's like, what if someone came up to you and started saying, hey, Joe, you look so hot and not super fit. But you know, like you already know because you saw them or you heard them or they wrote a letter about it or something saying, Joe looks so sloppy. He looks horrible. But then they come to be like, why are you pretending? Are you insulting my intelligence? Like what makes, what is the benefit? See, this is what thought control is. They teach you that you should be fake to appease the masses. You either like it or you don't. How is there a gray area? You either like peas or you don't. You either like coffee or you don't. There's no gray area. You're either a white hat or a black hat. There's no gray. Are you getting it? We can't say, well, you know, Mark here talks a really good game, but he just made this slip up and this slip up. No big deal. The majority is no. You're either a white hat or a black hat. You either like peas or don't like peas. The minute someone comes out with perfumey words and being nice and cordial, you know, that's where you know that their hat isn't gray. They're trying to make it look gray, right? Well, I don't know if he's a black hat or a white hat. Done. Look at the actions. That's how it is. That's how we should all be in our interactions. Straightforward. You know, if someone says, well, what do you think of this? You know, you don't want to answer. You say, I'm sorry. I just don't want to talk about that. That's just not something I want to have a conversation with about now. Someone you don't like or someone that's your representative, your state representative, your city, whatever. You don't like what they're doing. Tell them. I don't like this. Don't talk to me about this because it's not going to be a nice conversation. So easy to do, isn't it? But see, people have stopped doing that because it's considered rude to say, look, I don't like you. I don't trust you. you you're talking to me. And while you're talking to me, the way you're talking to me insults me because you think that you're smarter than me or that I'm stupid enough to just listen. Please stop. Let's not have this conversation. That's considered rude. But what they're doing is not. Do you see what I mean? We need to take back that we are and exercise our free speech. Free speech isn't just what you say or what you put on Twitter or Facebook. Free speech is you. How you interact. How you talk. I'm actually a super touchy-feely person like Trump. I don't know if it's a New York thing. Because when I see people, I'll hug them. I'll touch them. I'm not like in a perverted way, okay? Let's just make it clear. <laughs> but I notice that that's becoming less... Uh, uh, allowed. The reason I say this is interactions, human interaction and a proximity is very important. Um, not only in interacting in a social setting of uh, speaking, playing music, dancing or whatever, but also the way we use our hands and the way we communicate, how we shake hands. You know how they say, Oh, that was a firm handshake. Oh, you know, I don't know what that means. Um, taps on shoulders, 
All this body language is language. That's why it's called body language. That has already been sanitized. It's as if everyone should stand at attention when they're talking. If you talk with your hands, which I do, of course, and point or make movements or shift your position, it's considered not normal. You're not supposed to make hand movements. You're not supposed to touch someone on the shoulder. You're not supposed to tap someone on the small of their back. You're not supposed to, when they shake their hand, if you really like them, you use your other hand. You're like, hey, I really like you. Um, You're not allowed to do that because then that's not politically okay. Are you getting it? They're hindering our expression of communication. I want people to understand it because I see so many people talking about free speech And what they don't understand, the speech is just one aspect of thought, of expressing your thoughts. And like the clip that I played in the first half hour where they were like, well, maybe we need to change um, how we talk about impeachment. We should call it a criminal investigation. No, you can't call it a criminal investigation. Criminal investigation means you already have evidence of a crime, which they don't. And it means that you already have a victim of a crime, which you don't. Or you have a loss because of the crime, which you don't. So you can't call it a criminal investigation. Definitions are very important. Definitions. I think it's really important because people start using urban or redesigned, redesigned words. For example, kitty diddler. What is a kitty diddler? All of you immediately think pedogate, pedophile. Why though? Kitty diddler. Diddling means to... Um, defraud, hoax, or steal something away, which is obviously innocence of children. When you say kitty diddler, you rob them of innocence. That doesn't mean that you rape them completely, right? doesn't mean all the time that it's rape, but it could mean that you are causing them harm in other ways by way of action or words. Yet now it's been associated just for that. I used to use diddling all the time. The word diddler was one of my favorites. Now I have to be careful how I use it because then everyone can just surmise what it means. Right, guys? Just like speech. You know, speaking of speech, um, before the break comes, think what was said today at the D-Day celebrations. Comes down to free speech. And after that, we're going to talk about John Kerry, minerals, China, and what's to come today and tomorrow. Get excited and grab your popcorn. See you in a bit. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in this hour, I want us to remember that in the last hour, I was trying to guide you into how we should see the rhetoric that's going to be coming because a lot of us will be angered. And one thing that we don't want is to see red. <laughs> I know we can't help it sometimes. Like, you know, I'm victim of it too. Uh, so it's kind of like we just have to pray that we have the strength to feel compassion for those that spew such rhetoric. On that note, just so that you understand what is going on in the background. Remember, for months now, I've been talking about the DNC hack, the Mueller report, and I've actually laid out how it came to be with facts and no frills and who the players are. You remember when Roger Stone was arrested and how CNN happened to drive by his place, but no one happened to drive by the guy's place when he was raided this Saturday. You know, the guy that was on Reddit asking about how he could delete Hillary Clinton's emails and about bleach bit. His house was raided by the feds on Saturday. CNN didn't happen to be there. No one happened to be there, but... His neighbor happened to be there and took pictures and put it on Facebook. What people need to understand is that this is beyond comprehension. You feel like you're in a movie. Think of it this way. I'm just going to give an example. Say you are in litigation right? You have a lawyer and you're litigating a substantial sized political figure, maybe a Senator, you know, a U.S. Senator or the attorney general of your state. And you know, you're going back and forth and now you're at the point where you've got this political figure right where you want them, that you can hold them accountable for the, for the crimes that they've done. And they're saying, well, no, you know, I have immunity, right? (laughs) And suddenly The whole law firm that is looking after your case, your computer system crashes. I mean, that happens, right? No no biggie. And that causes a little bit of a hindrance. But what if the IT department that recovers the information for the whole law firm gets to recover all the information except for proprietary information just on your case that has never been filed in a court that may be evidence, may be not, or a work in progress. What would you think of that? Just out of all the clients that that law firm has, just yours is missing. That warrants a phone call to the FBI now, doesn't it? Why do I say this? See, forensic analysis of cyber systems is very intricate. 
I told you guys about the NRO. These are the most covert, covert, covert persons anywhere. They could be a Toys R Us manager. They're all contractors. No federal employment direct. All contractors. Some of them contract as, I don't know, laying road work. Some of them contract as, I don't know, a, you know transcribers. Some of them contract as nurses, you know, in at the VA sometimes. Some of them contract as, you know, proofreaders. Some of them contract as linguists. They all have some show. Because this is a movie, right? You think it's a movie. So Roger Stone was framed because Russians hacked the DNC server and leaked the WikiLeaks emails. Remember, I analyzed this. I told you this. I told you that these people did not, these Russians did not hack the DNC server. A whistleblower of the NSA, which isn't really an agency, guys, okay? It's like an umbrella. Think of Citigroup and their little umbrella thing, right? It's not really an agency. It's what makes of them. If you want to call something a real covert agency, it's the one with the biggest budget. The biggest budget of all 17 intelligence agency is the NRO. And oh, that also has about 17 different branches too. So now Roger Stone in court is demanding that Mueller hand over, just like he said before, prove it to me that the Russians did it. Give me Hillary Clinton's server. Let's forensically analyze the original server So we can prove that Russians did it. Hmm. Interesting. The Mueller investigation was a hoax. A complete hoax. And he will never go in front of the House Judiciary. Why? Because some of the people that sit on that will say, Hey, Mueller, when did you know that there was no Russia interference or Russia collusion of the Trump campaign. Tell me, when did you know? Now he can't say, well, I knew before I started, which is the truth. He can't say I found out three months ago because you know, his work in progress. Remember I told you there's systems, judicial systems where you, it's like a project flow where you update on what you're doing. You can't just sit there and get paid by the federal government and not update what you're doing. If you can't update, like there'll be a day where I'll be sick and I have to update. Like, what did I do? How many files did I go through? Or how many calls did I audit? How many listens did I do? Stuff, right? You have to update. You have to get in there, go on the system and say, today I did this. If you did nothing, you usually say, well, I was stuck on this and looking at this, you know, some BS. When did you see an uptick in other project flow investigations? And when did that cease? See, the evidence is there. Because unfortunately, he had a really big team and spent a lot of money. And in order to spend money, right, you got to be doing something. So how much money was he spending on the Russia collusion? See, that's where you're going to find it. Wait a minute. You weren't sure on the whole Russia election thing? But you weren't spending money on that. You were looking at something else instead. How did that factor into that? Well, um, yeah. 
You see where I'm going? So now it seems, since the Russians really didn't hack the DNC, they're going to have to drop the case against Roger Stone. I said that. How are they going to even win this case on Roger Stone? You can't even prove that the Russians really did it. Your indictment, you can indict a ham sandwich. Uh, if I was a prosecutor, I can indict 12 Norwegians if I feel like it. Just put names down. Yep, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Well, what else do you know about That's all the identity information we have. We just need to find them. I'm going to give it to this group where it's going to go die and can't pursue it. Um, but it's there. See, kind of like books. What did I say about the books? Oh, what happened? Or higher loyalty. That is creating evidence or reference. So that indictment on the Russians was simply per reference. Well, it has to be true because you got an indictment. No, it doesn't because you got a FISA warrant. And that wasn't true. That's not how it works. To get an indictment, you can get it because it's one-sided. You're just the only one talking. Yeah, they did this, they did that, look at this, this is this, this is this. And if you have 20 million pieces of circumstantial evidence, it may give a shred of 1% evidence, the grand jury will be like, whatever, take it. Get the indictment and they'll go to court and figure it out because it's so overwhelming with these stories that you're putting in. But in the end, if that person turns up, kind of like I said with Assange, and you know you can't really hold them against because the evidence doesn't match the crime that you're saying, they walk. So now Roger Stone's like, well, you're telling me that I was working with Russians because I knew about the WikiLeaks emails, but the WikiLeaks emails weren't hacked by Russians. They were hacked by Americans. The NSA whistleblower that actually took a look into it clearly stated that, you know, confirmation that the data was leaked by copying it on a jump drive. So how is it possible? So I've been saying this again and again and again. The thing that Roger Stone needed to do is what? Ask them to prove that the Russians hacked the DNC server. Because here's the thing. In order to prove that, you actually need the server. Because you're not allowed to use CrowdStrike's report. It's back to that example. I want to I say that you committed murder and I take a cheek swab to check the DNA. If I don't give it to the FBI or a federally contracted company to analyze that DNA... Whatever other evidence, say I say, oh, well, my buddy has his own, like, DNA service. I'm going to give it to him. I can't use his report. He doesn't have a federal contract. CrowdStrike didn't have a federal contract. They weren't considered credible. But for some reason, they've been on 60 Minutes lately, right? But they still don't have a federal contract, regardless. So they don't have a federal contract. They gave you a report, a friend of a friend of a friend, that was actually paid by the opposition that wanted it to make it look like the Russians did it because, you know, you can't say that Sean Lucas and Seth Rich are dead now. And, you know, well, they did it. Well, they came out dead. We need to start looking. Can't do that. But if it's Russians, it's like, oh, that was just really unfortunate for those guys. See? So now here's where it comes to crunch time. Roger Stone filed that last month. He asked that. Where is it? Because we need to see, will that come to fruition? Will that actually go through? Because what people need to know is that Roger Stone is going to walk because there were no real charges because all they want to do is say, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence that the Russians hacked it. Guess what? They don't have it. They could say whatever they want. I mean, you know, I myself, people manufacture stuff and say whatever they want. But the thing is, where is your evidence? Oh, let me guess. You don't have any. 
but you can make a story out of it. It's like, you know, you're walking down the street, someone gets robbed and there's a footprint in the snow. Yo, you're wearing shoes. I'm indicting you for that. It's like, how do you know that's my shoe print? doesn't matter. You're wearing shoes. So we found a shoe print in the snow at this house that was being robbed. And, you know, Joe was walking around with shoes. Ergo, he's guilty. See, this is what is happening in the background. It's all coming down. The house of cards are coming down. Carter Page spoke. I totally love him. He's really cute. And to think that he looks so peaceful after everything he's been through. So much is coming before the D class and way after. But like I said, it's all on the line after January, after June 18th. We need to see how Barr fixes this. We really need to see if he's game and was one of those people, which I doubt, because he was drinking with Noriega. And I'll have to tell you guys about my trip to Panama one day. So is he the type that put his head down, did his job, observed, and prayed that there would be a time where he would able to utilize the knowledge he has to maneuver the swamp landscape and fix it? Or is he trying to find ways to mitigate? That's the question. That's the question. So... Where we're at is that that is all going to be coming down. I mean, they just filed it, so there's got to be, what is it, 30 days to respond. So by June 11th, we should be having a response from uh, the government to that request or some attempt for motion to dismiss, which I don't find any grounds for them to be able to do it because you're saying that he worked with Russians because those emails from WikiLeaks were hacked by Russians. You should be able to demonstrate that Russians hacked it, not just because you have an indictment, but the actual evidence. And if your evidence is reliant on CrowdStrike or Fusion GPS reports, then it's not admissible because there were no federal contracts in place for that. Ergo, Roger Stone walks. So... This is where we need to be paying attention to the small details. Kind of like I said, pay attention to the small details. Like how the president of Greece, who's pretty much unknown, right? President Prokopis was literally President Trump's moon. Everywhere he went, you would see him at the D-Day event. Everywhere. From just them two being on stage, to them two sitting down, to them two greeting the queen, to them two here, to him flanking Melania. So it was the queen, President Trump, First Lady Melania, then President Prokopis. Pretty weird. To then when Macron came over to speak, he just kind of was like, hey, and smiled like all like weird because he does have a weird smile, you know. When Trudeau looked over and he was looking like he was going to the president, he kind of cut through and was like, yeah, let me like stroke my hair. It's like, you know, that friend that will keep people away, like the subtle bodyguards. <laughs> these subtle nuances, these little things that are happening in the background that we're just not paying attention to are the important things we need to be paying attention to. Kind of like the border. What's going on in the border. How... 
people now, the way the, the border is and the bill that the Democrats are trying to push is that they're even self-admitting that they're just attaching children to themselves because they know that they can get into the border like that. They can get released into the system because they have children. And then we have the Democrats and the liberals and the leftists and the insane people that claim that they're <laughs> claim that they're on a sex strike and usually people that are on a, on a sex strike like it or not are saying it um, are saying don't separate the children well how are we going to check them how do we get their DNA and check them how do we ask them questions have you been harmed have they raped you have they caused you any harm how do you do that if the perpetrator's in the room you don't know what that perpetrator told that child. He could have said, I'm going to kill your mother, your father, your siblings, your grandma, your grandpa, and everybody else, your dog, your cat, your chicken, everything. You think a kid's going to talk? No, they're not. I know. This is important. Look at what's going on in the border. They're fighting us at the border. They're fighting us at the border. And you know, a lot of people say, well, it's the votes. It's, it's to destroy our infrastructure. It's a very lucrative industry, human and organ trafficking, huge industry, drugs, crime. It's incredible, guys. And it's so hard because it's like, it's like every time you put a fire out, there's another one that comes back. And then it's like those relighting birthday candles. That's what's going on in the border right now. What we need is a wall to at least funnel it. And we have Mexico sitting there not helping. I mean, obviously, news broke yesterday that the, um, the foreign minister of Mexico is meeting with Pompeo uh, to discuss these things. Because they know that the tariffs are a problem. We've got the Republicans. Like, oh, you know, with these tariffs. Yeah, because it's going to hurt your portfolio. Stop thinking of your portfolio. Think of 300 plus million Americans that really need this wall. And if we need to push tariffs to get it done, then so be it. That's how we have to, I mean, you have to hurt them somewhere. You're not hurting them by saying, we're going to build the wall because the Democrats are stopping you from doing that. You're not going to hurt them by saying, we're not going to be friends. They don't care. We're not going to hurt them by saying, we're going to send them back because they'll just come right back in. But the way you hurt them is by saying, you know what? Enough. You want to sell to my country, you're hurting my economy, bring it. They made this whole thing on CNN where they were talking about how Chipotle prices are going to go up. Wow, a whole nickel. Where's my avocado toast? Really, guys? This is what is filling our airwaves. These people are sick. And they're on all sides. We're seeing the Republicans flip on this. Because there aren't really Republicans. You're either for America or against. We need to be paying attention to what they're talking about. Trade is huge right now. Uh, a really good friend of mine this morning, during my appointment, sent me uh, an article about rare minerals uh, that I'm going to talk about in the second half hour. But before I get to it, I want to uh, play a clip, actually, from a hearing and Kelly Armstrong, my congressman, uh, is on this clip where he's talking to John Kerry and they're talking about uh, their independence. I, I need you guys to listen to this because you'll see how Kerry has just just listen because it'll make sense of what Pompeo did. Take a listen to this. 
But I think more importantly, from a national security standpoint, China controls about 90% of the rare earth metal um, environment. And so what are the national security implications? I mean, as we transition and do all of this, in relying on China for the, and other developing countries. I mean, and there's some human rights issues in the Congo and a lot of different issues, but we don't talk about that part of this conversation at all. I have not heard it mentioned in the media. I have not heard it mentioned in any of the rhetoric, uh, what I would call inflammatory rhetoric, what I would call reasonable rhetoric, but we are not having this conversation because we are as close to energy secure as we have ever been. And as we transition here, we won't be. I mean, we have these metals here, and we, I mean, and, but that mining conversation will be a bigger one. But how do we deal with that issue? That would be my question. Sorry, I'm only giving you 20 seconds. But I think this is an important issue that we need to continue to talk about. Well, Congressman, uh, you absolutely put your finger on a critical issue, and we don't talk about it enough, and it is serious. And it's one that I came across in the course of the time that I was privileged to serve as secretary. China has indeed uh, cornered that market. It's but also, frankly, one of the reasons why we need to be paying attention to what's happening with climate change in the Arctic, because as the Arctic is opening up, there are a lot of people up there now, the Chinese included and the Russians, who are mapping uh, extraction possibilities. As you all know, uh, Russia dropped a, a flag on the North Pole. It was kind of a tease, but the message of it is uh, we're here and we're playing for the long term. We're not sufficiently on that. What? So they dropped a flag on the North Pole. You guys know where the North Pole, where we have a flag, right? It's right off the coast of Alaska. Now, do you remember where Pompeo was? Remember, we talked about the Arctic Council. We talked about how Russia is part of the Arctic Council. We talked about how Russia has every right to the Arctic because it's one of the founding eight members. We talked about this. What, what Congressman Kelly put forward is that we're not talking about how energy we're energy independent. We have our oil and gas. We're done. But what about rare earth minerals? Those are minerals that we use for various things, things you find in your fridge, um, computer chips, microphones, cell phones, you know, and China's corn in that market. Pay attention to what Kelly said. Yeah, we know we have some human rights issues in the Congo. Remember I told you about Africa? Why did the Chinese corner that market? Because they're all over Africa mining while we're sitting with our thumbs up our tushies. And the thing is, we already have an abundance of that, actually. Um, Chris Berg made a comment saying that North Dakota has an abundance. Way to go. The state of North Dakota may indeed come to the rescue of this crisis because it's pretty much um, coal ash. I'll get into it in the second half hour. But what's important here is to understand is everything is planned. I told you about Africa. It's going to be talk, 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 talk. And this is why China covers and corners that market. We are dependent on them. But look at John Kerry. Yeah, climate change and the Arctic and the Chinese. Nope. The Chinese aren't there. And it was clear at the Arctic Council that they're trying to get in there under the guise of research. They're not in there. And Russia has every right to canvas the Arctic. And every country on this planet has the right to plant their flag on the North Pole. It's not yours, Kerry. It's the world's. We should have all flags of the world when they achieve going to what we call the North Pole. How dare you, right? 
like, oh, it should be only the American flag. No. Every single country has a role. If Malta puts a team together and they make it out there and they trek through the ice and they go through the Arctic Strait and everything and they accomplish that, which is really hard. It's not an easy thing. Even with technology we have today, why shouldn't they be able to put their flag there? Rhetoric. Words. Defining. The scope. Climate change. You get it? Because even... Pompeo said, so the, the earth's formation is changing and we're looking and there's so many untapped resources here. We need to see how we're going to do it since we're the founding members because we literally own the territory there and how we can have a competitive market. Remember, and how we can have other members so we can share. Did you hear that? Remember, we said we want to share. Carrie is like, no, we're not going to share. Why? Because then only the, glo- the new order, as Merkel says, it has access to it. It's not healthy when there's no competition. It's not a fun place to live in when it's already owned by someone else and there's no competition. We should all share. What's wrong with sharing? Don't the fruitcake say sharing is caring? The Care Bear said that. Where is that? If you share, you care. Because you want everyone to succeed. That's what real leadership does. That's what real leaders do. And during the Arctic Council meeting, it was Lavrov that said, I agree. We should see on how we can include other countries that are not part of this Arctic Council. How we can allow them to work. Okay, we own the minerals. Well, maybe we can get, I don't know, um, Bolivia to mine here. And that way Bolivia can make some money. Or maybe get... The minerals at cheap because they're running the place, you know, instead of paying $1 for a ton, they pay 50 cents for a ton because they're extracting it. We'll talk more about this after the break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 700 2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone. All right, so I'm going to give you some news, and I have to actually thank uh, someone I follow on Twitter. Uh, his handle, um, this guy is just awesome. He followed up. You remember, um, it was just a day ago that I retweeted breaking 911s. Happening now, American Airlines flight circling El Paso International Airport, preparing to make emergency landing. Right. Remember that it was headed from El Paso, right, to Chicago. How many times have I talked about that route? Mm, Many times referred to railway, but it is a underground route for a reason. So uh, Pliskin Jack at Pliskin Jack, P-L-I-S-S-K-E-N Jack tweeted, hey, Tori, following up on your El Paso twat. Via Tom Fitton. So Tom Fitton released an article by KFOX TV uh, yesterday about illegal immigrants allegedly allowed to fly without photo ID at El Paso Airport. Now, here's the deal. This was an American Airlines flight. American Airlines is actually the preferred airline and has over $228 million in federal awards considering the routes that they have from El Paso and Dallas and other places federally regulated. Pay attention, okay? So they used um, uh, a, a regional jet for this. So what happened was apparently American citizens noticed that People were boarding, going through security while they were waiting with I-862 documents. That's a document, like a paper. I can make one on my computer on a Word document, right? And make it, put a signature, put a name or whatever and just reproduce it. It's a document that says you are ordered to appear to court because you're an illegal immigrant. And so... What happened was uh, the channel got in touch with them. K Fox 14 got in touch with them. And, uh, you know, they were already advised that uh, patrol agents in Laredo, Texas, observed uh, that 
TSA was accepting 1862 notice to appear in court documents for illegal aliens who had just been released from Border Patrol custody and allowing them to fly, said the vice president of the National Border Patrol Council. A couple of days ago, we found out the same type of situation was occurring in El Paso, Texas with their airport. We did receive reports that in El Paso, illegal aliens were walked around security, much to the dismay of U.S. citizens who were standing in line waiting to be screened. Now, the TSA was asked, the airport TSA was asked, and they denied. They denied. They said to Fox, all travelers must have a valid form of ID, and if they don't, the TSA may verify identity in other ways. The TSA also said children under 18 and under 18 and under are not required to present photo ID, which is true. I mean, when my youngest, who's 13, you know, if she doesn't have her passport with her, she could just go through. She's a kid. But I always keep, if she doesn't have her passport or whatever, when it expired, I would have her birth certificate done. You always need some form of identification. Um, and, you know, with children, it's really hard because parents don't really want to put them on the system, right? Anyway, so they're not telling the truth. So here's what happened, guys, okay? So I didn't talk about this yesterday, but I got in touch with a couple people. So apparently, citizens saw the same thing happen. They were already alerted by, you know, local gossip, local information. So apparently, they turned this plane around, and they found that there were illegal migrants with no valid identification en route to Chicago, now, here's why this is a problem. First of all, they have no identity uh, that can be validated. And now they're scrutinizing to see if those documents actually are real. But the question is, if these people were released from port, where did they have the money to fly from Texas to Chicago? Who paid for the tickets? Who paid for the tickets? And American Airlines should be put on notice. Yes. Because they are a federal contractor. And if we have federal employees that utilize their service, their shuttles, from El Paso to Chicago on a frequent basis, as they have, $224 million worth that they have, then what people need to understand is that this is an inside job. TSA has contractors, right, that aren't, you know, directly federally employed, but are contracted to work for them. Now we have to check and see who's on the take. Because you don't just do, you know, blind eye to security and just let anybody on the plane. You scan their ID, you make sure it's real, you make sure that's the person. It's important. But they come in with a piece of paper and they travel. No photo identification, nothing. Who are they and why are they going to Chicago? Chicago. Because, you know, a lot of, there's a misconception that they only stay around border cities, which they mostly do, right? Because they speak their language there mostly, because most of them do speak Spanish because they come from Central American, South American countries, okay? Yeah. But the, the problem that we have is, is that these migrants weren't Mexican or Colombian or Honduran. Because I've told you that we're having a problem with migrants coming in from West Africa. And who comes in from West Africa? Refugees, and I'm using air quotes from like Somalia, Kenya. So many of them are flying to Mexico and walking across the border. 
Now they even take airplanes. Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. List goes on and on and on. How many of them have penetrated major cities? El Paso, Chicago. El Paso, L.A. Those are the routes that are pay for play. I've said it about the railway, and this circles back to Beto. El Paso, Chicago. El Paso, Los Angeles. This is key. Because it wasn't like, oh, from El Paso to Minnesota, which would be another one that we have to look at, really. Or El Paso to Vegas. Or El Paso to Portland. Or El Paso to Atlanta. This is El Paso to Chicago frequently found. So the TSA at first said, no, we only allow. And then they said, well, they can use alternate forms. No, you can't. I've been at the airport where I didn't have my driver's license with me. I had forgotten it at home, and I was like, oh, geez, what do I do? And I was like, oh, well, I have this government document and this thing. And they were like, uh, no. Luckily, I had my passport in my car because I, when, I, when I buy cigarettes, I never show my ID because they scan it, and they scan my information. So I always show my passport because they can't scan that at the gas station. Or Target, when you buy like mature games, they scan your ID. I don't like people collecting my information and knowing where I shop or what I buy. So um, I had that, thank God, in, in my – but they wouldn't give it to me, and I'm an American. And I had pretty good paperwork to say, yo, I'm legit. I mean, I – I've been preed, and still, no driver's license, no fly. But yet, an illegal immigrant with a piece of paper that you and I can make on our own computer is okay. Pretty weird. That's pretty weird, right? So, this is all happening in the background. All happening in the background. All concerning. Border. What they're talking about. The impeachment conversation. They're in full panic mode. What we have to do right now is pray that things smooth a bit. Right? Smooth a bit. Let's shift a little bit of our gears. Now that you've gotten this El Paso thing, and thank you so much for that response. Because I got in contact with sources. Because it's important for people to know that if you're traveling at the airport... I want you guys to be paying attention to the people around you, too. See something, say something. I'm so glad that someone said something. I mean, it's not mean or racist. Why are they using a piece of paper? Why do they have a voucher or a notice to appear in court, and that's good enough? But my my super piece of paper, my paper was a super piece of paper. Like, very few people had the piece of paper I had. And it is the piece of paper that was going to get me on a property that not a lot of people can get on. And I was at the airport and they told me, no, you need your driver's license. You're not flying. And I'm like, but this is like, like, look, Homeland was like, yo. And, but you know, TSA says license only. And I'm like, so me, the American citizen with a piece of paper, that's pretty exclusive piece of paper, right? Piece of paper. It's like a pass. To like, you know, going into Buckingham Palace, per se. Piece of paper. Wasn't enough. Even though I was already pre, right? And it's okay for them to have a piece of paper in their back pocket folded 20 times 
to appear in court. That's the problem. Anyway, shifting gears. The the D class that's about to happen. Shit, there. You think so? The well. What is the D class that's about to happen? It's you know. What does that mean? You mean declassification? Declass the FISA applications. Declass everything involved in how the Russian investigation started. That's the problem. They were trying. There's evidence, and this is coming with the FISA declass, that Trump wasn't supposed to win. There's text messages going back between uh, two FBI agents right. saying, well, what if he wins? And he goes, he ain't going to win. He's gonna, Hillary's going to crush him like a, right. a zillion to one. And he goes, but what if he does win? And these are text messages. They've been released. They're, anybody can. Dude, I want to continue. Goes, I have to goes, piss so bad. Folks, we're back from a piss break. We had to go. I've been drinking a lot of water lately. I'm trying to be super healthy. Me too, man. Okay, guys. Why did I play this clip? Remember when I analyzed the Rogan Twitter Right? Discussion. And how he was justifying what they do. And how people are like, yeah, Rogan, go, go, go. Well, Methods, which is at M2Madness on Twitter, put up, when Eddie Bravo brought up D-Class, then Rogan changed the subject and it never came up again. This is why I say you have to be careful. Those, some of them are even being retweeted by the president. That's okay. You have to let them think that you know that you don't know or you don't suspect. You have to. You'll even promote their books. Rogan is one of those disinformation, the let's not talk about this thing. Remember? Because he got caught because he's being funded. Remember, he had Twitter on there, but Twitter was a sponsor. Big deal there. That is a very big deal. And now they want to talk about politics, want to talk about this D-class, want to talk about how it's a frame job, and he suddenly has to pee. Really? Misinformation, fake news, huge issue, guys. Very huge issue. We all have to like close our eyes and listen and try to understand what is true and what is not with what makes sense to us. I think that's the only thing we can do as people. And when people were like, well, I don't know what to think. And it's like, well, what does your heart say? What seems right? When you've got one person being scrutinized in in, in the most disgusting fashion, attacked constantly by people that don't know him, haven't worked and are actually benefiting from his actions, right? Because that's the thing. President Trump and other actors across the nation that are doing so much good for the people are the ones that are being attacked. Why would you attack someone that is trying to fix a problem? Why would you degrade someone that is trying to make life easier for you? Ignorance? No, I think it's actually jealousy too. Maybe they're jealous. You know, those rhinos that are in office are jealous that he had the cojones to do this. Maybe your friend that's out there collecting signatures in California to make new California or to investigate the fires or whatever. Maybe that you're jealous of them and that's why you talk bad of them. Because they're doing something and you're not. When you know, you could. That's 
humanity. This is why I said we have to look at people with compassion. This is a really important thing, and this is why pretty much today's show is surrounding compassion for the other side. And other side, I mean by people that are so indulged in self-loathe, jealousy, envy, and malicious intent that stems from it. That it's almost like a kid. It's like a kid doesn't know when they do something wrong, like a toddler. A toddler doesn't know that you can't walk into a room. This is a true story. Where she's like talking with police officers. My mommy, she made this drug and gave it to the kids. And then they were sleepy. And then they woke up and they were really happy. And really, yeah. And she did it in that in that room. And then, you know, I was like, is it going to explode? She was talking about my laboratory. <laughs> and then she talked about apes getting high. And it was like, uh, you're not supposed to say that. You know, the people out of context or my husband saying things like, uh, you're being so naughty. You're going straight to the dungeon when we get home. I'm like, dude, don't say that in public. This is America. People will actually take you seriously. They don't know that they do something wrong. You can't scold them. I feel the same way sometimes about the left. And I feel the same way sometimes about people on the right. They're jealous. They're, they, they have, uh, you know, pediatric feelings. They're so underdeveloped as people that they would sit there and literally attack the person that's trying to save them. When, for me as a Christian, we saw it when? Yes. Jesus, look how many people were throwing stones at him. Calling him names. Dragging him through the mud. Throwing urine on him, yelling profanity at him. Do you remember? Because that's the way the story goes. And what did he do? All he did was try to save them. All he did was try to forgive them. All he did was try to make the world a better place. And how many people in the street attacked him? And those that were following him or supporting him or applauding him were also prosecuted and persecuted, sorry, and, and attacked and, and, and hit and spit on, weren't they? You know, I can't even see uh, reenactments sometimes, you know, where they play them on Easter about, you know, the trials that Jesus faced because it shows the ugliest and most infantile side of human beings that we see every day now on social media. It makes you sick. For me, it's actually suffocating. Sometimes I think, what's the point? Right? And it's like, because it's the right thing to do. Right? And, you know, I'm not a righteous person. I'm not the best person. I could be a, a canine, female canine, super quick. But the bottom line is, we see it every day. Look at our president. That's the way exactly how I feel. Everyone that applauds, follows, supports, uh, you know, speaks highly of his actions and what he's done for us is persecuted, is cussed, is outcasted. You know, they, they, they just mark you as a racist, a bigot, and a xenophobe while they throw mud and arrows and dirt and dung on our president. And he stands there tall regardless. And then we have people like Rogan and George Stephanopoulos. Well, I want to talk about him. That put out the rhetoric to 
in, inflame those that have infantile minds. Those that are what you would call your classic net citizen, right? Net citizens are the pl- pretty much sheeple. The people that really don't have an identity because they hate their life and they're just on there spewing hate. Especially to those that are trying to help them. They jump in, you know, that mob mentality kind of thing. George Stephanopoulos, let's talk about this because this hasn't been reported and I want and I, and I to just show you guys just how big of a deal this is. So on March 25th, when I did my show, I was like all proud and I played the little clip where um, the Greek uh, metropolitan uh, for the Greek Orthodox Church representing the Greeks for for the Independence Day of the Greeks on March 25th was at the White House where President Trump was there. There was a hat, make Greece great again, you know, and all that stuff. The Archbishop, well, Metropolitan, you can call him Archbishop, whatever. The Metropolitan, he was out of New York, Demetrius, such a cute old man. I love him. He helped me a lot on a lot of endeavors, uh, politically motivated, of course, because I've told you that um, Greek, Russian, Romanian, Eastern Orthodox in general uh, societies, uh, the church goes hand in hand, okay? You can't make decisions as a country, a Christian nation, without the input from your clerics, basically. So he's, he's always been kind. He's an amazing person. And what happened? He applauded President Trump. The fo- that day, George Stephanopoulos launched a campaign within the Greek American community. The, the thing that, that Metropolitan Demetrius tried to do, if you guys know, in 9-11, one of the biggest and oldest Greek Orthodox churches, uh, St. Nicholas, was taken down. It's like flanking the World Trade Center. And it's to be rebuilt. A lot of conservatives are in that movement. A lot of people that are supporting President Trump who's actually paving the way for it to get done because it's, it's been a while, hasn't it, guys? Well, he launched a campaign, and within a week, they had him fired. Within a week, every, well, everyone resigned, including the Metropolitan. Within a week, they were forced to resign from boards to rebuild at the World Trade Center, you know, um, from ground zero where the property is, the Metropolitan was replaced instantly. This is just how vicious they are. George Stephanopoulos, for me, being of Greek immigrants, does not represent me. He is, he's not even worthy to be the gum stuck on my shoe. To do something so vile and to push a campaign so quick is beyond me. And I, and, and, you know, I actually have a family member that is part of the holy procession, you would call it. They're the council, the, the, the religious council that sit on all political decisions made by the country. I'm thinking that maybe this could be why we saw the president in Greece kind of orbiting the president, not on a nefarious side, but on a, Dude, what's going on side? I don't know. Or maybe it was just chance. Who knows? But I can tell you that the conversations that ensued were really malicious in Greece. And unfortunately, the prime minister who used to be my drinking, smoking buddy, right? 
uh, actually allowed it to happen. Now, the good thing is, is that the church was in control. Who were they going to send? And they sent someone that is a conservative. But apparently, according to the EU, your church is not allowed to make any political statements or endorse any political candidates. Um, you know, that is a part of the deal that they had. And this is something that I found out yesterday. And, and I don't know how I missed it. But the country of Greece always has, like, ID. And you always, in order to get your, like, for example, my daughter, she was actually born in Greece, right? I had her in Greece. I wanted to be with my family um, because they were retired at the time to have my child there. And so she was born there. I couldn't get her birth certificate until she was baptized because that's the law. Until you get baptized, you're called female, whatever your last name is. When you get baptized, then you get a birth certificate. So they've actually disallowed the country to practice that anymore. They've disallowed them to put religious affiliation on identification cards. Because there were some people that were like, you know, Jehovah Witnesses or whatever. And Muslims, whatever. We have them. But they're not allowed, unless you're that religion, you don't have to do the whole, you have to get uh, baptized before you get a person. They stopped them doing that. And they also stopped them from being allowed to publicly comment. That is a law, a European law, to publicly comment on a politician or a president or a PM ever. And so... The Metropolitan applauded President Trump for his achievements, and he was resigned within a week because George Stephanopoulos put in the complaint. I'm, I kid you not, guys. This is just how vicious they are. This is how much they want to punish you if you promote, applaud, or perpetuate the idea of freedom of thought, speech, patriotism, and independence. They will put you to the side. Look, look at look at our friend Laura, Laura Loomer, Gavin McGinnis, Michelle Mount, all these people ousted because what? Because they don't fall into line. It's only a matter of time till all of us go down there. It's only a matter of time. But this, when I found out that that is actually a law and it was passed in 2016, I, it totally flew under the radar. Rocked me to my core that.